the Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. After Jesus had spoken these words to his disciples, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all those whom you have given to him. And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you have given me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. And now they know that everything you have given to me is from you, because the words that you gave to me I have given to them, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from you. They have trusted that you sent me. Now, I'm asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me from the world, because they're yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given to me, so that they may be one as we are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Now I'm inside today because it was just too dang noisy outside. Everybody's mowing their lawn, delivery people are coming to the door. It's a crazy day. But I'll show you pictures, and maybe you've seen them in the past, of the hearts that we have on our door and our windows. I mean, you probably have some too. We have some at the church. You know, think about that. Why, why put those hearts in our windows? I mean, they are meant to encourage, aren't they? And maybe, maybe someone might come to trust the love that is on those windows. We, we have a sign, you know, it says, you are loved on our, on our window. Hopefully somebody will see that and trust it, believe that they are loved, and begin to, to just let that love soak into them. I mean, that's what it means when Jesus says they, they received your words that I've given to them, and they trusted them. And that's the soaking in. You know, it's a message of love. And it's the same reason that Jesus came, is why we put these hearts on our windows, is that so the world would know that it is loved. You know, it's really a tragedy that um, one could find in the Bible reasons to believe that God hates and condemns and judges and excludes. John goes to say great pains, the Gospel of John goes to great pains to say that that is not so. For God so loved the world, John 3.16 says. And 
God, I haven't come to uh, judge the world or condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through me. You know, this is a complicated relationship, though. It's, it's, this is a love story that is full of complications. It's an unrequited love story. And you may have your favorite romantic comedy movie or something, and you could probably take 30 seconds out of the middle of that movie and prove that here are two people who hate each other's guts, or here's one person who hates the other. People do that with the Bible. They do that with the Bible. But you can't read the whole gospel without coming away with this just overwhelming love. That's why Jesus came into the world, to, to you know, put hearts on windows, to fill um, the world with the promise of love. And, you know, even Jesus' leaving is a loving act. Let me explain that, because um, <clears throat> that might not make any sense. But you've probably heard the phrase, if you love something, let it go. Well, when Jesus leaves, when Jesus ascends to the Father, that is his leaving and letting the world go, not abandoning the world, but Jesus' refusal to force the world to love God in return. I mean, you can see this in the fact that Jesus would allow himself to be crucified, right? Jesus refuses to force. Jesus is willing to, to let himself be killed and not to return violence to violence. You know, love that is really love is always freedom and not control. It's always liberation and not manipulation. And so, because the world wants God out of the world, doesn't, um, doesn't know Christ and doesn't want Christ, Christ is willing to retreat. That retreat is not an abandonment because God's left behind all these signs and fingerprints, these love notes, these, that's us, you know? And even though this prayer might seem exclusive because Jesus is praying for the disciples and not for the world, you know, praying for the world is going to come later. And Jesus prays for these disciples because they are the love notes that God is leaving behind. Hopefully that people will start picking up the love notes and follow the trail and begin that process of returning to God and falling in love with God. That the spirit of Jesus that he sends into the world, it's the same thing. It's more important to God to make sure that, that the world keeps receiving love through the spirit and through the disciples, then it is important for God to make sure the world returns that love to God. Giving love is more important than receiving love to God. And so this is maybe 
this whole, this whole life, this whole existence is somewhere in the middle of the romantic comedy that is God's relationship with the world. This is the time when the, the, the lover and the beloved are apart and separated. But we can trust that we belong to God. You know, this prayer is really such a prayer of affection. It's Jesus' sort of last words to his disciples before he's arrested. And, and the fact that he's praying for them, I hope you maybe could hear the affection. We just heard Ruth Nelson sing, You Are Mine. And there is, what a beautiful anthem to the love that God has for us and has received us out of the world in order to just soak in the love that God has. You know, I think a lot of times we've received the message that we're supposed to give, give, give love, and that's true. We also are meant to absorb the love, to be sponges for the love. How else will we have any love to give to the world? And when Jesus prays that, that the disciples may be one as he and God are one, you know, this, this unity is, is not a unity where everyone is forced to be the same. It's not a, a forcing to be together. But the oneness between Jesus and God is a free oneness, is a, is a mutual choice, is a desire to be together. And that's what Jesus prays for for the disciples. What Jesus prays for for us. And the kind of unity that we have is not a, a unity that we earn by being a certain kind of a way. It's not a unity that we earn by uh, eliminating all tension and conflict. It's not a unity we earn by thinking all of the same thoughts, by uh, acting in lockstep. It's a unity with diversity. It's a unity with freedom. It's, it's love and liberation, which sometimes can seem chaotic and sometimes means we're apart and distant. The unity we have is a gift from God and a gift alone. Just like G Dietrich Bonhoeffer talks about in his little book called Life Together, he says that anyone who has, is idealistic about what community should be they are an enemy and a threat to true community because true community is always a gift. It's not something we hammer out by hammering each other into a certain shape to fit a certain ideal mold. And so when Jesus talks about how he finished the work that you gave me to do, he says, you know, love gave Jesus work to do. And in the whole gospel, we see it. Feeding and healing and including and teaching and <clears throat> raising the dead with loving resistance, opposing those who hate 
and exclude and refuse to love. And ultimately, refusing to resist when he's executed, re refusing to return violence with violence. So that is the work, the work of love, the work that love gave him to do. And just as we are so loved, and we are people who have come, uh, we have picked up the love notes that God has left in the world. We have seen the hearts in the windows. We have heard the, the wind call our name. Just so as we have found that love, that love gives us work to do too. You know, these days our work is maybe a little different than it usually is. Even though the, the giving ministries of this congregation continue, um, you know, this, uh, the 31st, we have yet another community meal. <clears throat> our, our giving through, um, you know, Lutheran World Hunger Appeal or our to our local food pantries, uh, and, you know, uh, that all continues. Recently, I heard about, uh, heard this phrase, about solitary work that you can't do alone. Solitary work you cannot do alone. And I think that receiving love, really letting the love of God permeate everything we are and do, and let all the falseness um, fall away, all the resistance melt away, because we all have resistance to love, God's love and others' love. We have resistance to showing love. As that all, that, that work of receiving and soaking in, becoming a sponge for God's love, that's not a selfish thing at all. It's at the heart of our chosenness. That's what we were, that's what we were called out of the world to do. That's work, that's solitary work that we can't do alone. There's a lot of internal stuff to do. And so take this time now when we're separated and let it be a time where you really work on some of that solitary work. Um, identify what specifically are the ways that you resist love, love from God, love from others. Resist showing love um, to others, to yourself, to God. And just let the love melt all of that away. I mean, just trust, 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 trust that you are in the middle of an unrequited love story. That where you are now is not where you will end. And that there is a greater reconciliation ahead of all of us. There's a, a greater reunion. There's a love story here. And the love of Jesus is indestructible. This, what the resurrection shows us, is that love is indestructible. And that we, as long as we are in that love, as, as we are learning to receive that love and to give that love even more fully, that that's the unity that Jesus is talking about. Doing that work 
is what makes us one, being on that path. Even though we are maybe doing that in a solitary way, that's work we cannot do alone. And you are not alone. So be patient with yourself. Be patient with the others in your life. Be patient with the world. Because this whole world, you included, is so loved by God that Jesus would die and rise again, that Jesus would take a big step back from the world and give you the space and all of us the space to find our own ways through love, to love, to the capital L love, that is God's love for us. Thanks be to God.